Hello and welcome back to the Film Show. Happy 2020, everyone. Happy 2020. Yay! Yay! <laughs> I am honestly very excited to return to the Film Show. Yeah, you've been talking about this since we got back. You're like, I'm very excited to get back into it. Yeah, you left such a heartfelt exit before <laughs> Christmas. And uh, I just wanted to continue the uh, positive vibes. I forgot, I, I, I suppose, the being away from... Such a good podcast. It's reminded me. It's very good, yeah. really get to talk. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, I said that. Yeah, that's true. What did everybody do for Christmas? Mm. I actually didn't. Because this is our, like, I actually haven't got to. Let's go around the table. What did you do for Christmas? I ate pies and I sat around. Uh, You spent it abroad. Yeah, well, get to me in a minute, but I'm just. (laughs) (laughs) He wants wants to save the best for last. No, I don't, actually. (laughs) You no, do, I fucking Dee. don't. Actually, I uh, some yeah. shitty probably in comparison to. <laughs> Listen, like I was actually that was actually I was genuinely interested to know what you did. <laughs> this is the first chance so to... that you could bat it out of the. Not... Oh, fuck I, you. No, I did teasing. the I did the general rounds of catching up with family and friends. I actually did manage to get through a few movies on my Netflix my list, which oh. I was very proud to do. Go on, I finally them. got to see Ex Machina. Which is great. Yeah. Sully, which yeah. was okay. Yeah. Uh, reminded me a lot actually about Richard Jewell, which we'll be uh, reviewing in a few weeks. That's Clint Eastwood's latest. Oh, um, saw The Wife. I think Glenn Co- Close should have won that Oscar. You know, you she's she's amazing in it. And like she's been nominated so many times. Olivia Coleman was going to get it at some point because she's so fabulous. Yeah, she no, was. It was Coleman's one shot. You but get I, it first. Nah, I, it. nah, I disagree. I uh, like Glenn Close. Oh, I don't know if she will get it now. I mean, and I really do think she's extraordinary in the white. Yeah, I think she's it's brilliant. It's a very in it. small movie in a way, isn't it? Yeah, it's very yeah. Contained. I really enjoyed it. And the other one was "Call Me by Your Name" that I've been meaning You'd to see for ages. Did you yeah, love it? Yeah, yeah, I did. I I liked all of them, so I yeah. was I was happy, happy. Go. How about you? Did you get to see anything over Christmas? I got to see uh, <laughs> Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, <laughs> which I literally the whole time I was watching, I was going. He hasn't seen this scene. She hasn't <laughs> seen that. Like it's the archetypal. Like you forget how silly it is. Like so silly. There's a big X on the ground of the church that's converted into a library, and it's like nobody ever thought to look there. I think it's. Well, I was watching it, and it reminded me of, and and you'll appreciate this, D. I think. Okay, because it's getting into you know the. Uh, <laughs> it's an Ealing comedy. Yeah. It's an Ealing comedy. It's like a it's like a British nineteen twenties Ealing comedy yeah. where it's the dad and the son getting up getting up to all kinds of scrapes, and it's just it's ridiculous. The but amount of like references and kind of just the, even the feel of it is yeah. so like homely or something. Yeah, totally. I, it's the archetype that took like became every film ever. Now I think it's the yeah. original. Like it's an action movie, but it's got lots of heart. And yeah. Total Disney, okay. like total. You can yeah. absolutely see why Disney have basically said yes. We're going to do more that Indiana kind of Jones property because yeah. mm-hmm. because it's totally within their wheelhouse. Yeah, you know, that kind yeah. of way. I saw the two popes last night. Really enjoyed it. You like it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is a kind of buddy comedy. Not very critical way, of the yeah. church, except for yeah. There's a bits at the end, but um. Ricky Gervais made up for that. Yeah, poor Jonathan Price. He was not impressed. Did you see that? Like (laughs) the actual just looked like like stone, like 
nothing his in, face yeah. was funnier than the joke <laughs> yeah yeah fair, fair. Yeah. yeah he fair. uh yeah i really liked it though yeah very yeah. good character study yeah yeah no not much more to add just a really good lost its way and... a bit at the end i thought with the whole flashback thing i you know i thought it yeah. was the last scene and it turned out there were 40 minutes left Oh, wow. That's the go. one thing. Yeah, like, yeah. You think it's coming to a culmination and then it just dives in again mm. into. Yeah, yeah. That said, I loved the flashback scenes. Yeah, I no, that they were very well done. Yeah. yeah. It's well worth a watch. It's on Netflix. Mm. And okay. It's um very good. I will give it a watch. You watched when Lawrence it... of Arabia over Christmas? I did. I actually did. I We actually, like, okay, so I spent Christmas in Jordan. Yeah. And uh, we went to Petra. We went to Wadi Rum. We went to the Dead Sea. And we brought a laptop with us. And I downloaded two films. One was Lawrence of Arabia. And the other was <laughs> Last Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Yeah. Of course it was. Of fucking course it was. And in Holy fact, grail. Yeah. And in fact, I actually watched The Last Crusade the day before we went to Petra. Just to for like, some reason, when you said that, I thought it was going to be on a laptop outside. Oh no, no, no! <laughs> yeah. I'm not that bad. Oh no, no! I mean, I the thought glare. about it. I thought about it, but no. Um, but yeah, and um, I suppose this is kind of out in the open, so I might as well say it. Uh, I got engaged. <laughs> there you go. So that's all three no. people. That's all three people now in the film show are going to be getting. We all married. got engaged within what three months? Three months yeah. each other, more or less. It's yeah. What they say about the dominoes falling, you know? Yeah, people yeah. Getting engaged, yeah. Charlotte, you're by screwed. You. By the way, you're like, <laughs> get out now. Just like stop producing the show now. She'll because... be engaged before she leaves the office today. <laughs> it just happened. I don't know what happened. <laughs> which is also kind of the plot of Little Women, which I also saw and hey! is a five star film. I really oh, it's yes. excellent. I yeah. So good. Yeah. But no, we have to go back to Lawrence of Arabia. Uh, mm, Lawrence of Arabia. Uh, the trick Potter yeah. is not minding Mind that it hurts. <laughs> Nothing is written. No, it was brilliant. It was. It's like it was funny because we were when we were in Wadi Rum. Uh, the the Bedouin guide that was with us, he brought us out to this uh, place for stargazing and stuff like that, and he was showing us on the video or on his phone the trailer for The Rise of Skywalker. And he was like, Stop, oh, this was yeah. actually filmed near here, like where That's we are. so cool. The big, the, the part of it where um, uh, Daisy Ridley is running from the thing and she does the big huge She hops flip. over the TIE fighter. Yeah. That was actually, we were there when they actually had, it's just one big huge So flat. was that the ridge where the, the, the Wookiees, the yeah, guys all are there. Yeah, 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 the, the temple, the festival of the ancestors, that's in the same spot, like. No way. And, um, yes. Yeah, so, oh, Star Wars trivia. It's the f- festival of life or whatever is every 42 years. Which was the anniversary of, <laughs> yeah, of course. And, and I now can feel for the Star Wars special. <laughs> and I can feel Dee's eyes just rolling back in her head. <laughs> and she's not well either. So like that's this yeah, you've got a cold. That's oh, a great start to the year. <laughs> Wait, not the last. Besides bit, being but. ill. <laughs> <laughs> but um, no, that's amazing. Great news. Yeah, great congratulations. news. Congratulations, yes. thank you. Congrats. And I'm sure you might get some tweets of congratulations now after this. Possibly, yeah. Who knows? Yeah. Maybe no one gives a shit. Maybe nobody. I think nobody <laughs> gives a shit about yeah. our personal. Lives. But we are doing a triple movie themed wedding. This is it, yeah. In order to cut down on costs, we're going to have our three weddings are going to be in a cinema. We haven't decided what cinema it's going to be yet. We it's going to be like a cult. Are we going to like charge tickets to this? Or? Oh, shit. That's a we can make money off it. We could make money off this. Why not? We could do a bridal fair for... People for me and the brides, <laughs> <laughs> we've got it. Sus. Got this sus. 
Let's get family oh, friendly. I thought you meant. Oh, them. I get what you mean now. By fair, I thought you meant you were going to actually like barter us off, and I was like, that's not the point of having a wife. I was very confused. <laughs> Did you? But I you am thought sick, I was going to so. sell you. Yeah. <laughs> What? I don't even get that. I'm really sick. I'm tired. (laughs) We're all engaged. We should do that thing where we sell D. (laughs) That makes sense. Sure. Mm. All right. It's time for movie news. Movie news. Golden Globes happened. That was a thing. Yeah. Was Ricky Gervais the most interesting bit about it? Prove me wrong. Right. It wasn't his strongest opening monologue, but it was grand. It was just it was scorched a bit of earth. Yeah. 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 It, was... yeah. it wasn't scorched. It was scorched earth. It wasn't hell on fire. Hell on earth. Yeah. 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 But isn't there not a kind of thing about... Hell on fire. I literally can't think today. <laughs> Jesus Christ. We should sell you. <laughs> <laughs> but do you not think, and I will go around the table on this, right? I personally think Ricky Gervais is smug as fuck and it really doesn't help him when he's doing monologues like this where he's trying to be kind of like above it and trying to be like who the fuck do you people think you are you're all hypocrites when it's like he also plugged his netflix show during his yeah 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 and like it's one thing to be calling out hypocrisy but like it's another thing to be actually there and you know taking the handout from them Taking uh, the soup. Taking the soup. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I mean, if yeah, he's, but where if, else would he have a platform to say his that stuff? fucking Twitter? He could do ah, anything. That's like, not the same I as just, a national televised awards event. Come on. Yeah, I, but, maybe he's using his platform to hold a mirror up. But there is a certain narcissism in that as well. Yeah, as well. yeah. I mean, he's definitely smug and he's definitely a narcissist. But I mean, I find him rather amusing. It it is amusing, but do you not think it's kind of like, of course, Ricky Gervais is going to. Give the, I have a real love-hate thing with it. I, me the, too. The Office is my favourite show and I went back and listened to all his XFM stuff with mm. him and Stephen Merchant and Carl Pilkington. It's, yeah. Fantastic. If you're going to illegally download something on the internet, look up XFM. There's hours of radio. We don't promote that here. I mean, legally, if you're going to legally, <laughs> if you're going to legally do it, <laughs> so, you're going to do that within the confines of the I law. Mean, after, after Life is a lovely show as well. Yeah. It's latest on Netflix. Yeah, you know, he just seems gorgeous. to drift further and further into kind of woke dickhead a little bit in real mm. life. Yeah. It's odd. Yeah. His work is really good. Yeah. But how did we feel about the, the winners? So Renee Zellweger won and I freaking told you she'd win for Judy. So she won't just get the tell Oscar. I, I fucking said it to Brian. Why isn't she there in your Golden Globe predictions? She's not going to win, but ah! I was right, Brian. I so I got about half my predictions right. I think you got maybe slightly more than half, but really it was, I think there were surprises all around, particularly Yee. I think 1917 winning yes. Best yes. Drama. I don't think anyone saw that coming. Whacking Phoenix for Joker. Everyone kind of yeah. thought that Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Did you know, all right. <laughs> yeah. Um, Aquafina, The Farewell. That was another prediction of mine that you chose to ignore. No, I had that. Did you have Aquafina? I did. I had, I had Aquafina. I'm I did. Not I did. Sure. I did. Okay. Because I remember watching it was like she's uh, no, I had that. I, I had Aquafina. Well I know one it. we yeah. it's really good. It's really I know good. one we definitely tut tutted away, and that was Taron Edgerton for Rocket Man. Yes. And he ended up winning. Uh Brad Pitt for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, not surprised. Laura Dern for Marriage Story was kind of a surprise. Was for it? supporting. I mean, she was really good in it, but I kind of thought Jennifer Lopez had it in the bag. I mean, there was just oh, such a yeah. campaign behind her. Yeah, true. You know, getting it. Um 
But I'd Laura say Dern's Laura Dern's was yeah. the better performance, yeah. you know, objectively mm. speaking, having I seen both movies, you know. Yeah, it's a lot. I got to her lo- scene. And it's a heavy watch, so I can really see why you would watch it in part. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I've got about like 10 minutes into Marriage Story. I was like, nope, too real. Turn it off. Yeah. That's what I like about it, how real it is. <laughs> but like, I was like, I was like, this was before I I had, like, I had the ring and everything. <laughs> and I was like, okay, I was that's like it's fair. all going to crash and burn. <laughs> and this, but, but this was it. Like, like I, I was on my own in the house and I thought, oh, fuck, I'll watch it. I'll, I'll, like, you know, case gone. Like, and I was told you should watch it on your own. It's not. Oh, okay, yeah. I, was to- yeah. I think you told me this, actually. Or maybe it was you. I don't know. It some, might have been. Yeah, what some, was this about? Marriage Story, you should yeah. watch it on your own. Don't watch it with... Oh, I don't think I said that. But I mean, I, I would give that advice. <laughs> that, that, that competent advice. advice. Yes. But I was I was going to watch it on my own. Like I said, I, I sat down to watch it on my own. And I got 10 minutes into it. I was like, no, this is too fucking real. No, yeah. no. I'll the just... opening's amazing. In fairness. The opening yeah. is really yeah. well done. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I mean, I'll get, I will get around to watching it. It's just... It's... When I'm emotionally... <laughs> When I'm ready yeah. for it, yeah. When I'm yeah. ready for it, like because there's, I it 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 strikes me. That I was reading a lot of like the reactions to it and the reviews and stuff, and a lot of people were saying that it's very like it takes a toll mm. to mm. get to the end of it. Like, yeah, yeah, you know, like Kramer versus Kramer does the same as well. Yeah, exactly. Know? I mean, I think that it's even more kind of emotionally complex than Kramer versus Kramer because it refuses to take sides, whereas Kramer versus Kramer is very obviously on Dustin Hoffman's yeah. side. Yeah. You know you what think? I mean? Yeah. But not until the end, though. Like, I mean, like, it totally thing. villainizes Meryl Streep. It's really actually kind of annoying that way. But That's anyway. what I've been hearing a lot of people say about Mary's story, in a way. That I, it villainizes I, whom? I think the majority end up rooting for Adam, although I haven't seen it. I don't know. Adam's, he, he's okay. quite a dickhead in it. I mean, look, watch it for really yourselves, but I thought really that it was very, I definitely think Adam Driver gets more screen time. Okay. But I think that kind of you you really end up feeling for both sides but again you guys have to watch it completely to yeah, see where I'm yeah. getting at um, there's but, no clean answers yeah it's all ahead of us guys <laughs> <laughs> we're fucked <laughs> god what if we all got um, divorced at the same time and be like we'll have a divorce special <laughs> if anyone gets divorced we all have to get divorced and then we'll sell D <laughs> we'll review Kramer versus Kramer yeah we'll review yeah the breakup, which is oh, uh, the breakup actually, I find that a painful, painful movie to watch. That's a Vince Vaughn, Jennifer Aniston. Oh, one. that one. I mean, it's kind of crap, but I mean, I also <laughs> find it really painful because again, there are parts in it that are just too really, yeah, yeah, painful in loads of ways. Um, but from painful to awards, Sam Mendes won. <laughs> Brilliant, <It's> a terrible <laughs> thing, for uh, best director. But you know, I think that it makes more sense to kind of get into the nineteen seventeen wins around reviewing the actual movie oh yeah yeah happily let's transition to movie reviews movie reviews movie reviews that's right you sounded almost frightened of the movie Movie reviews reviews. war is hell is this gonna be spoiler filled no, I mean it's see that's okay. Do people die in it? It's well, a very straightforward <laughs> film. I've been, yeah. It is. I mean yeah, that's yeah. the kind of thing. That's the thing that I found kind of what I enjoyed about 1917, but also I felt kind of held back a little bit because it is kind of set on this binary ending. Do you know that kind of way? Okay. In the sense of Give like us the synopsis. The synopsis is it's uh, two uh, British soldiers are told to travel into no man's land and contact this British officer who is about to launch an assault um, 
one of the men, one of the soldiers, his older brother is in is going to be in that assault. And if he doesn't stop them by tomorrow morning, twelve o'clock, they're the all phone gonna lines have been cut. And yeah, there are no phone lines. It's World War One. Yeah. Uh, if they don't reach them by twelve o'clock tomorrow, the assault will happen. But they're walking into a trap. So it's basically the entire story. It's shot kind of like in one take. So it's the camera is constantly tracking them and the story is constantly moving forward. And that, you see, I I can see why it won Best Director. I can completely see that because... Mm. It, the amount the of staging of it. the staging of it is incredible. Like how, the the actual thinking that it had to go into. Like because I was reading, Sam Mendes literally had to on set had to tailor dialogue to for time and like because mm. he knew right okay it's going to take them three minutes and twenty two seconds to walk from there to there to come around this yeah. corner. Cheaper, I yeah. need two minutes of dialogue. And then I need one minute of them actually doing some action, God. and then twenty three seconds for the them to actors. get around the corner. Jesus, yeah. So the whole thing is that kind of slotted together and layered, and the staging like an explosion will go off here, the building will collapse there, music will start right there. Yeah, they will do this. Like I totally get why you won Best Director. At the same time, would I have called it Best Picture? I don't know. It's more of a technical. It's a technical achievement. achievement. That's what it is. Like it's a very technical film. Yeah, because I mean, it beat like The Irishman and yeah. Joker. Yeah, sure. The favorite. Yeah, so yeah. it's like, kind of mad. Yeah. I don't like uh, the Joker. Fine. I think like the Joker. Grant. I was glad that that didn't win. The Irishman. You know. Yeah. Somewhere in the middle, isn't yeah. it? It's very, very good. It's very, very good. But like, I, I don't know. I feel like people would be kind of like lionizing it because it's Martin Scorsese yeah. and it's Robert De Niro and it's Al Pacino and it's this and it's yeah. that and it's got the thing. It doesn't de- deserve to walk away with nothing. But. No, but at the same time, I, does it deserve Best Picture? I don't know. Um, it's a weird one because I wonder if people get, you know, tired of the likes of Scorsese because they're like, oh, he's won everything at this point. Yeah. But then you have Once Upon a Time in Hollywood kind of sweeping at the Golden Globes and that's Quentin Tarantino and yeah. he's fucking won everything at this point. True. So it's a weird, yeah, it was, I was really surprised by the Golden Globes wins this year. I'm looking forward to seeing, I'm, I am seeing 1917 this weekend though before I review it on Spin 1038 on Saturdays. Entertainment Daddy. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I'm curious to see it mm. because... Yeah, I I didn't I didn't hear enough buzz about it. Yeah, to think that it would win best drama. You know? Yeah, I mean I know unless was, it was happening stateside, I don't know. Well, like I mean I know there was a whole thing about it, like oh it's a it's a dark horse for mm. best picture and all mm. this kind of thing, and like when it opened in the you US, never know which way those things go. Yeah, genuinely, I mean I, I do think like at the same time it's exactly the kind of film that would do well in the Golden Globes. Do you know right, what I mean? Okay. Yeah, because yeah. it's British director, it's a period piece, it's a war film. Those always do well. <laughs> love it. Like, yeah, yeah, Hollywood Foreign Press always go for the that technical kind of accomplishment shit. as well. Technical accomplishment as yeah. well. It's a, exactly the kind of film that will do well in the Golden yeah. Globes, but when it transitions to the Oscars, especially now since yeah. the voting mm-hmm. uh, voting branches have changed so much in the last three years for the Oscars, I don't know if it'll transition that well to to the Oscars. You know, yeah, I think this might be the end. I have of the a road. lot of time for those kind of technical achievement things. Oh as no, well, me too. Yeah. Where, yeah, just any because even even Marriage Story, it's very as far as I got. But uh, Scarlett Johansson has that monologue early on with yeah, Laura Dern. Yeah, yeah. And there the is something about long takes where well, you feel like yeah. you're watching a play or something. You're like Irish cinematographer, oh, Robbie Ryan. It's Robbie, Robbie Ryan, Ryan again. Yeah, it's Robbie Ryan. Yeah. No way. There you go. Oh, yeah. Savage. 
Um, but what I was going to ask was how many, have you looked it up? How many breaks are there? Are, there hidden was, bra- are we talking about five 20 minute takes? Or? I think I read it's about 12 cuts altogether. Yeah. Something yeah. like that. Yeah. That's still insane. That's, it, it like is that's insane. two hours, over two hours. Wow. So. Yeah. And like, it, it's, it's, it's the kind of thing of, you don't notice it. Your, your brain yeah. kind of adjusts to it. But then there are a couple of scenes where it's really fucking obvious how well they're doing it. And you're like, my Like it God. goes behind a wall or something. No, no, not even. Well, like, yeah, it, it yeah. does. Not no, like the a, inverse of that or whatever. No, it? what it does is it follows him as he's like walking out into this like bombed out town. It's atonement. It's the beach scene in atonement. Yes. It's the Dunkirk and, scene. But feature length. <laughs> yeah. Feature length. But yeah, like, it's like he you, you see him walk forward and then he goes down the steps and the camera moves through the window to oh, reveal this. It massive t- French town that's been blown up and then you see the character walk out like so it's it's very very and then there's another bit where he jumps off a bridge and the camera follows him into the water oh my that's, god and I think that's in some of the TV spots and like you're mm. watching like how the fuck did they do that like will I like it as a history buff oh you'll definitely love it yeah <laughs> oh and Mark Strong is in it as well Mark Strong Mark Strong oh lovely guy sir. <laughs> oh he's perfect in it he turns up for like that's the other thing as well like all the supporting cast turn up for like two three minutes and you're mm. like oh shit it's him it's, oh, it's Andrew Scott and oh it's, oh, no it's way. yeah like oh it's uh, it's uh, Mark Strong and then oh it's Colin Firth oh it's Benedict Cumberbatch you know like no they, way. they turn up and they give like a, a fucking brilliant take and like, they just, literally I, have to walk away and then they just walk away like oh shit is that it was real in, time so is it's it, all in real time yeah it's all done in real time so like. It starts off in the morning and then it gets to like... There's the a eat. charge two hours from now that we have to stop. Yeah, I know. They have like 12 hours to get there, but well, I don't want to ruin it. But, okay. But basically okay. the guy gets knocked out and then it wakes up. Okay. And he's, it's nighttime and oh, time has okay. passed. Yeah, okay, yeah. very... Kind of, so that's how they get around that, yeah. That's how they get around that, yeah. Okay. That's how they kind of transition. It's so fine. do you think it actually will make the shortlist for Oscar? I think we? it will. I think he'll... Sam Mendes will definitely get Best Director, I think. It'll pro- like be- best nominated picture. or win. Oh, nominated, nominated. nominated. Okay. Um, and I think it'll get nominated for best picture because like they have nine or ten that they can put in, so it'll mm. definitely yeah. get in there. Will it win for best director? I don't know. I don't know. Mm. Like they, I could Scorsese. It's hard to know with the Academy. It's hard to know. It's, it's really hard to know. And like Bong Joon Ho, like Parasite could win. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, Parasite could easily win. They could actually even make a point of it. Greta Gerwig could be fucking nominated for Best Director. She might win this year. Ah, she better be nominated. Oh, she, 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 she absolutely she really deserves should. to be I mean, I was, I was so mad part. when I saw those Golden Globe nominations. I was like, for fuck's sake, again? Again? Yeah. I literally had a one-hour chat with producer Charlotte an hour ago about Little Women. I loved it. Did you get to see it, Charlotte? Yeah. Did you like it? Yeah, it was good. A little long. A little long? But very good. Yeah. Did you see the original, like the 1994 one? No. Oh, okay. I haven't seen the 1994 one. I saw it years ago. I only knew the famous Joey spoiler. Mm. Uh, but my favorite thing about it was the editing as well. The, the yeah. And it cut back and forward. The quantity of cutting yeah. back and forth was all over the shop. Because that's like, because that's like a whole new take on Little Women. Like that yeah. hadn't been done before. It's usually sequentially done, you know. Yeah. And she kind of again, it's kind of a testament to her direction her directing ability you know how she was able to get those you know actresses into those two very different mindsets and kind of make it all one coherent piece and have a lot of kind of themes going on and a lot of kind of points to make in that edit she's brilliant why isn't she nominated say about yeah exactly yeah even yeah the characterization of all of them has been beefed out so much 
like, like I thought a- Florence Pugh's Amy was amazing brilliant yeah. Brilliant, yeah brilliant I keep thinking about that scene that Cersei Ronan did towards the end where she was talking about how like women are you know she's yeah, like, she's yeah. like, like women like you know we think we only have brains mm-hmm. or we only think we have hearts but we have minds and brains like it's yeah. so yeah. like I was watching it was like Jesus yeah. like that really fucking got yeah. me like the same that scene really got to me too and she makes some point about how they always like exist in relation to men and that's yeah. still so mm. true for so many movies so many TV shows so many books and it was just like yes finally yeah. so exactly modernized, it like, yeah, you know? it was such a nice woman's tale like they're yeah. literally the like the sorority of it I don't know yeah I'd be saying this like the cross talking it was very authentic yeah. in fact that yeah. chatting about, and in fact in fact the idea of cross talk gets us into uncut gems because uncut gems non-stop lo- ch- chats non-stop cross talking I actually that's the first thing I picked up on when I was watching it was the cross talk I actually also was thinking of little women <laughs> <laughs> you had told there me this go. one yeah, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> no that's that's like Uncle Jim's I d- now it- it's now they're two two very different effects if, yeah. if I yeah. can make please, yeah, no, yeah. please Um, like in Little Women it's to do with just like the chattiness and the excitement of like girls and what it's just, like, like to be in a room like that yeah, yeah exactly and they just all want to kind of get out their point and they're getting really excited about going out or Christmas or whatever they're chatting about whereas in Uncut Gems I think it's kind of to do with like chaos a chaos and just the a kind of the real kind of urban theme of like the yeah. Safdie Brothers kind of works in that like the city is kind of this constantly kinetic constantly talking constantly hustling type yes. of place so the same kind of device, but used in very kind of yeah. di- very different means. The know? only thing I know, so outside of the trailer for Uncut Gems, was that I think was it you who said, "Yeah, it's like the cocaine scene in Goodfellas for the whole thing." Yeah, that sounds really good. That's basically if you imagine the final twenty minutes of Goodfellas, where uh, Henry Hill is coked out of his brains and he keeps looking up at the sky, looking for the helicopter, and he's driving him and Lorraine Bracco keeping are all the plates around. spinning. Yeah, 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 yeah. And he's all like, "Don't forget to let it settle. Never <laughs> let it stir," and all this kind of stuff. Like basically, imagine that final twenty minutes, but stretched out to two hours. Yeah. That's both amazing and exhausting at yeah. the same time mm-hmm. because. I remember coming out with a press screener for that and I swear to Jesus, my head was fucking spinning by the end. Yeah, yeah. It is just so full on and you can't like, you just have to strap in and hope that you can hold on because by the end of it, it is like you're going to be mm-hmm. hanging on by the fingertips. Yeah. I think. Wow. Like you definitely can't call it dull. Like no. it's over two hours long and like from start to finish, it is just like zoom, 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 moving, moving, moving. It's it's mad. Um, I really liked it. I can see why Adam Sandler's getting a lot of praise for it, but yes. I can also see why he did end up getting let out for a few awards nominations because while he is great in it, he's great for Adam Sandler and I didn't think that he was any better than say Adam Driver or Joaquin Phoenix or other okay. performances we've seen this year. I just didn't think he was better in comparison to those. I thought he was great for Adam Sandler. That is standard, becoming the big debate you know? at the moment. Everybody's reviewing his uh, his career in general. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I'd was. love to see him do more of these kind of projects. Yeah. Um, I did slightly prefer Good Time. Good Time again just had that, and again you have to go watch it. I know it. I will watch it. I will but, watch like, it. But like it again has that just relentless pacing from start to finish. But maybe it's because Uncut Gems was longer. I found it like more exhausting. Yeah, it was sure. it was a bit too much at times. And that end is just like it's insane. Crazy. It's insane. crazy. 
It is what, like, give me the give us all at home. The essentially, what the story of it is is uh, Adam Sandler character is this degenerate gambler. He runs yeah. a successful uh, jewelry business in the Diamond District in New York. Um, Ken Garnett. Is that his name? Kevin Garnett? So. Or Garrett? I'm not sure. Kevin um, Garnett. He's yeah. a, a real life NBA player. Anyway, this is set in like 2000 and... It's in the 2000s. 2012? Can't remember. It's, I can't remember. I, yeah, I forget it now. I'm, I'm really bad at it. Does he play himself? He plays himself in it, yeah. And it's essentially he, this NBA player, Kevin Garnett, uh, this was him during uh, this really famous run he had for the Boston Celtics. Right. And... Uh, he comes into Adam Sandler's jewelry store, and Adam Sandler has just bought this uh, opal uh, from Africa that he intends to uh, auction off and make millions off. Kevin Garnett sees it and he looks into it, and when he looks into it, he has this sort of trip that he feel he feels oh. like he can see through space, and that he mm. thinks that this opal is going to give him powers that he's never had before. No that he's gonna way. Be able to do it, yeah. So Garnett then, like, look, listen, just let me hold on to this. I've got a match tonight. Let me hold on to this oh. opal and I'll give it back to you. And sure enough, he gives him the opal and then Adam Sandler's character goes off and bets on him and he bets that he's going to do, like, rebounds and all this kind of stuff. Okay. And sure enough, he wins. He wins massively. And then he's like, right, I've now got more money. I'm going to bet more. It's just oh, that constant fuck. thing of, like, He's constantly betting, constantly uh, riding the wave of yeah. it. And the problem is he's getting in trouble with like this group of gangsters and stuff like this. Um, yeah. And Ooh, he's just he getting in. Money. Exactly, yeah. And he just keeps on getting into more and more depth, more and more way over his head. He's also got a wife and kids, but he also has like this lover on the side. And there's okay. just like, he's just exactly the whole spinning the plates yeah. thing. Yeah. And it's like, how the hell is he going to pull this off? And is he going to pull this off? And in the end, You'll see. Oh my I mean, god! I, I will say right. One thing I've always I, I really loved about this film was, and it's not, uh, you know, I've seen enough films where they've tried to kind of grasp the nettle that is how do you make gambling exciting, and then how do you mm. actually make it so Get that people that thrill across or exactly whatever. how do you convince people that yeah, there's a total reason why people are addicted to gambling. Sure. I mean, you look at something like Rounders, for example, like the Edward Norton mm. and Matt Damon thing, and that's done in a very clinical, mathematical way. I thought like, you meant the primary school game. <laughs> it's like, no. That's the four GAA game. There you are. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, because yeah, like the three GAA games, it's like uh, Gaelic football, camogie, hurling, and then the fourth one is Rounders. Mini baseball. Yeah. But um, yeah, no, like I, I, I've never seen the film grasp how exciting it can be to gamble and gamble huge. Yeah. And then that fear of like, oh God, am I going to win? Am I going to lose? No, no movie has done it as well as Uncut mm. Gems has. That's really interesting. Yeah. And that's it because I feel that's the, the crux of this. You can't go along with this unless you understand what he's getting out of it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Kind of you can't understand why he's taking this risk. Mm. Because it would be such a turnoff to a lot of people who yeah, don't yeah. see the appeal of gambling. Precisely, yeah. Mm. Like I'm the same as well. Like I've never gambled in my life. Yeah. I have no interest in gambling whatsoever. I know people who are degenerate gamblers, and every time I watch them doing it, I'm like, "How the fuck are you? Why are you? Arsed, yeah. Why yeah. are you doing this?" Like, but then when you watch Uncle Gems, you're kind of like. It's the endorphins are the yeah, it's the exactly. rush of it. Like he absolutely adores it. That's just yeah. it. And the stakes are like I know it's such a cliche. The stakes are so high, but stakes it, pretty high. The amount it? of money we're talking about in this movie is insane. Couple of tenors. and then and then and then like his life is under threat as well. Like 
these guys are going to kill him if he doesn't give the money. And yet he keeps betting their money. It's like, what are you doing? Yeah, yeah. And it's, we have an interview with the Safdie brothers, but I we, I talked about that. It was like, how do you kind of get this? How do you write a character like this? That's mm. like, you're watching the screen and you're roaring at him. Don't fucking make that bet. Don't do it. And then he does it. And then you're like, shit, I'm still watching it. Yeah. I still want him to win, even though I don't want him to make he's that bet. He's an anti-hero. You kind of want him to learn from his mistakes, but he won't because like, he's just not that kind of character. He's not yeah. that kind of character. And like, it, it, it that's... sounds like it was made for Adam Sandler. <laughs> yeah, because there is that thing of like, you know, Adam Sandler, he gives it such life and charm and it's mm. so bursting with energy yeah and like you're watching it's like I don't know if any other actor could do this as well as him sure yeah and there is that thing Nick of like Nick Cage could yeah Nicolas Cage maybe yeah. maybe ah uh, he could but, <laughs> but then again we see then again like I feel like Nicolas Cage would there, there, there's a level of less sort relatable of, maybe he probably or... I'll give him this I'd say that Nick Cage would probably ham it up a bit more Correct. than Adam Sandler does yes you know Yes. I don't know what to expect now. Really I really love it. Yeah, I think you'd I like it. it. You'd love you it, I think. Yeah. yeah. Like, uh, I don't know, just that frantic. It's a lot to take in, but like, it's it's so good. Like, it's a real rush. Yeah. It's a real fucking rush. I love films like it's that. It's an exciting cinematic experience. And what, do you both have a rating? I give it four out of five. I yeah. think I'd give it three and a half, four out of five. Yeah. What? Yeah. I thought we were getting into three and five, and a half. four and a half yeah. territory here. I don't know. I just... Three and a half. It was a bit long, even though it was great, the rush and everything, you know, and there were certain bits of it that I did get a bit confused at. Yeah. You know? Sometimes it goes too fast. It does. <laughs> it does, yeah. Slow down. Yeah. Slow down. There's no cup of tea scene. Like me. Yeah. Um, and what was your rating for 1917? We didn't get that. I gave, gave that four out of five as well. No really way. good week. Yeah, very good week. Yeah, great. They actually kind of teed up. I'd still say both of them are 2019 movies, would they? Yeah, I mean, we, I saw both of them before Christmas. Like, yeah. I saw nineteen. I saw Uncut Gems, Jesus, ages ago. The end of the year was really good. Mm. Yeah, crack Little up. Women and stuff, like, it really came together. Yeah, but there's none of us loads out like this month as well. None so. of us got to see the gentleman. And I have yeah. no real desire to do that. <laughs> no, I'm not, I'm not pushed. Yeah. It's grand. Yeah. I, I, we got an email in somebody emailed into the site asking why haven't we reviewed it and I wrote back to the lady and I was like look you know we they, norm they didn't screen it so. they didn't screen it we normally I thought it's got a good reception rel- <sighs> well let's go Colin yeah. Farrell's in it Colin Farrell's in it I just yeah the whole time I was like eh. yeah I, I was like because I was away as well like and when I came back I was like ah my arse I know Guy, Guy Ritchie Side over the holidays we wanted to Netflix. Well, start fresh. Yeah. Yeah, start yeah. fresh. What's yeah. up next week? Do you know? Put you on the spot. <laughs> um, oh, I do know Lighthouse? actually. Uh, Bombshell, Bombshell and Just Mercy. And we might have interviews for the latter actually. Oh. So stay tuned. Is the lighthouse still ages away? The lighthouse. lighthouse uh, end of January. 30th. Okay. Yeah. 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 And what 31st. else is on the slate, January? Give us a little 2020 um, excitement. I'm, oh, 2020 Hype excitement. Train. Loads. Like there's Wonder Woman 1984, That's there's Birds good. of Prey, there's Whoop. the new James Bond Whoop. movie. There's a uh, help me out here, Brian. Uh, there's um, there's Tenet. There's Dune. I'm so excited Dune. for Tenet and Dune and Dune. Absolutely. Uh, I'm reading Dune at the minute. Did I, I tell you? That you have you? Did you see Sonic that the Hedgehog? Yet? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I Loads saw like. the trailer. It's, oh, like oh yeah, the six minute monologue thing that you saw over yeah! Christmas. Talk to me about that. Talk about single take things, or like it isn't even single take, but it's just so well done. It got me so excited for it. They basically played a full scene from Tenet. I think oh, I wow. talked about it on the podcast. That's already. cool. Maybe not before 
the IMAX screening in Cineworld of Star Wars Episode Nine. They had, you oh, know, so cool. Christopher Nolan shot this in IMAX. Get ready for this. Plays a scene. That's plays an cool. entire scene of like a SWAT team get breaking into the An Russian opera. opera. Yeah. And it's really good. I'm, I it's going to be, wait. it's going to be as like, yeah. It's like Inception. Like, yeah, yeah. Just that. Like, what, what scene did they, because they did that before. He always, pre, he did the Dark Knight bank robbery scene. Yeah. Was ah, previewed everywhere. And everybody comes out going like, That's oh my God. I love that idea. Just taking a scene and going like, this is a standalone teaser. That's such a, it's, it's Tim. like it's, it's real fucking ballsy. It's like I'm so confident in this film. I'm gonna show you four minutes of it, completely out of context, and you're gonna fucking eat it up. It's so worked. They're talking to each other about shit I don't know, and I'm like, cool. <laughs> <laughs> Deadly. All right. Well, that was a nice mini start to the year. Uh, we've got plenty of stuff ahead of us, and we're gonna see it out with a Safdie Brothers interview. So, yeah, we talked to uh, Benny and Josh Safdie, who are the directors of Uncut Gems. They also directed Good Time. We talked about the entire process of actually making a film as crazy as Uncut Gems. (laughs) We talked about Adam Sandler. We talked about New York. We talked about Degenerate Gamblers. Very, very interesting chat. So, uh, take it away. Ew! We got got our press screening of it uh, yesterday, and... uh, I'll tell you the truth. Uh, there was about, I would say, eight or ten of us in the screen, and, and I think everybody walked out of it, and it was kind of like they had just seen a fucking car crash. And I don't mean that in a bad way, in the sense of it was no, but genuinely, I've never seen more shell shocked people walk out of a screen because that film it was brilliant, but fuck me, it was like an absolute assault on the senses. Um, so I guess my question is. How, I mean, from press screenings, from, you know, bringing it to New York Film Festival, etc. What's been the most consistent reaction from the film, do you think? Well, it's, uh, I guess if people have just been, they've been kind of so, they've been overwhelmed by the, the, the thrilling nature of it. But it's, for me, it's the, the, the humor. Yeah. So people watch it and they find it so fun and funny. And it's, that's been the most incredible thing to see that even in the tensest moments, there's still a laugh that they're feeling at the right moment, you know? And yeah, just the, the kind of thrilling nature of the whole narrative, the, the propulsive of the, uh, of the bet, you know, the propulsiveness of Howard, the, the kind of attachment that you, that they have to his character, the rooting for him that people say, Oh my God, I was so angry. I'm yelling at the screen. No, don't do this. Don't do that. But there's, you're still yelling at the screen because you care about him. You don't want him to make those decisions. He is, but you don't want him to. And I think that to me is so awesome is this kind of interactive nature that people have. I, I hear people saying like when, when he misses a shot, they sort of yell that at the screen. They're like, and I don't even like basketball. <laughs> and I love that. People don't love sports are watching this and attaching themselves to that mentality. Yeah. <clears throat> it's interesting because I, you're absolutely right. It, it was hilarious. I mean, even that bit when he's got uh, Eric Bogosian and two other guys locked in Locked into, yeah, the, into the yoke, and he's—it's just—it's—he's like a little kid, like he's just like a little kid. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's got what he wants. But um, I love that. The other thing is like when it cuts to that wide shot of them in the in the vestibule, it gets a laugh. Yeah. And when it cuts to the shot, his 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 kid's bedroom, people laugh because yeah. it's a crazy car that decides to buy his kid because he loves his kid. Yeah, yeah. But it's interesting though. I mean, I know you've been you you've been working on this for twelve years. I I, I watched the uh, talk you, you gave at the uh, the New York Film Festival, and you were saying that like you, this is taking twelve years. But 
I, I, had you had you always written it in mind with Adam Sandler? Yeah, it was ten years. Sorry, oh, I'm ten years. You heard me. Sorry, yes. apologies. Um, yes, it was always. Um, please, I don't want to add any more years. Um, but uh, yes, we've always wanted Adam Sandler for it because the, the thing is, is from the beginning we knew that Howard was was a larger than life character, and he was somebody that we knew the audience had to root for because if you didn't love Howard, the movie wouldn't work. There was there was something about him that was going to test you in certain ways, but you always had to be along for the long ride, you know. And with with Sandler, he has this incredible ability in all of his movies to uh, ground such absurd situations in a reality of of emotion. You know, you really believe that he's going through this, the things that he's going through. You know, when you watch Happy Gilmore, you really believe that he needs to get that house back for his <laughs> grandmother. And it's unbelievable that he yeah. banked such an incredible attachment with the audience. And to use that for Howard was something we knew would be unbelievable. And I think what was incredible was once we finally got to work with him, you know, to see how we could have that conversation with the character in the script form, working with him, tailoring it to him, was where it really took on a whole other level of of realness. But that's the case with everything, you know, where, where it's like when you cast whoever it is, you're going to tailor it to them to fit that world. But with, with Sandler, it, it just was such an amazing collaboration. And every day, seeing the decisions you would make in some of these scenes, you know, just these small decisions, the look over here, the subtle graze of an eye uh, over another character, he was just always aware. And he had such a crazy work ethic. You know, he would always, when we finished the day, you'd see him turn Howard off and then turn on Sandler to dissect what he did as Howard. What was good? What was bad? What should I change? Always searching. Yeah. It's interesting you say that work, use that word work ethic because, I mean, and I I don't mean this in any disrespectful way, but like he's, he kind of has the reputation and I don't think this is Aaron because I just I just saw him in Uncut Gems and he was incredible. But like he has his reputation of being kind of fucking lazy. And like I don't mean that. In a, I mean that in the sense of he does these films that are very easy I'm, for him to make. Oh, I'm gonna have to stop you there because that is actually very offensive. I'm not oh. kidding. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. No, no, because, no, because it's, 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 it's the last word. We yeah, I know, like, no, I know, I know. But I'm saying, like, he does like grown ups too, and he does like whatever, like, and he, like, I, I, I'm not saying he's lazy, but I mean, it's the reputation. It's that thing of he does the same thing again and again. Thing. The thing is, is like, even with those films, he's putting in so much time and effort. He does like he likes he likes to work with his friends and yeah. do like Josh and I. You know, we like to work with people who we're close to because. Your experience, your shared experiences makes life deeper, you know? And I know just from seeing him, like while we were working on making the preparations for Uncut Gems, he was acting in Murder Mystery and editing his 100% Fresh um, special. Yeah. He's literally doing all of this stuff all the time. And he's he just wants to make the best of what he's making. And when he's making his, his comedies, he knows what he, he, he needs to do and he knows what people want to see. And he's leaning into that part of him. And at the same time, he has parts of his, of his personality that he wants to explore in different places. And I, yeah, if you just look at his hundred percent fresh um, special, he shot yeah. 50 cities for something that literally you could, you could say is one potentially sometimes one of the laziest things people do is when they just shoot a show and then that's it. There's their special. It's done. He yeah. spent 
hours, three hours a time. And every, and every show he did was three hours. And he did it 50 times. And then he filmed every one of those. And then he edited it all together where sometimes he'll tell a joke. And in the process of that one joke, he'll show you five different cities that he told the joke in. And it's one of the most incredible things I had seen. And for us to see that he was doing that while preparing for our gems was, again, like, how did you do this all in this amount of time? Yeah. So I, I just think it's like the work ethic we knew was there. Um, and it was just incredible to see it from our point of view is what I meant. Yeah, that to yeah. see it for to see him doing that for us and for our film was just unbelievable. Yeah. No, I didn't. I, I mean, like, God, no, I, I don't. I, I wouldn't want you to think that I was thinking that. I'm just saying there is that kind of. He has that reputation, and it's not earned. I was going to, that, that was the point I was trying to make. It's not earned at all. Um, let's talk about the um, the gambling because I found it very interesting that you know when we look when you know when we kind of look at I don't know gambling and gambling addiction etc. Yeah, it's the kind of thing of you kind of we kind of touched on this before, but there is that thing of. You know, Harold constantly is making the wrong choice, but we still yeah, yeah. love him and we still want to do it. And that's a that's a, I know that from experience. But yeah, I know people who are degenerate fucking gamblers, and they always yeah. have the chance to walk away, and they never do. So I guess my question is: is when you were writing this, were there moments where you kind of thought, okay, how can we actually make this emotionally believable that he's going to, like that scene where he's he. You know, he's just about to give Eric Bogosian back the money, and then he's like, "No, fuck it, I've got to, I've got to keep going." Like, I mean, how do you kind of balance that between believability and then trying to keep the story moving? Of course, well, it, it, it's all rooted in the character. You know, if you believe the character would do something like that, it works. So you have to do certain things in the film and through just certain character traits that make that feel real, because the character is what drives the narrative. And then it makes it seem like there is no narrative because, of course, that's how they would react, you know, that when he gets that money, you truly have to believe what would Howard do if he was just given a hundred thousand dollars and he's sitting in front of the guy who has the ability to change it all. Of course, he would make that bet. You wouldn't believe it if he didn't make the bet. And that's how you kind of justify that crazy change. And I think just in that, I think what we did was some of the preparation we did with Sandler was we had. We had him watching games with gamblers, you know, people yeah. whose lives had been totally destroyed. And yet he sees how they pay attention to the first quarter, to the first basket, and how everything matters no matter what. And, again, what's crazy about a gambler is they always look to the next bet. Yeah. If you lose, oh, the next one's going to be incredible. Don't worry, I'll take it. And so literally, like when he takes Kevin Garnett's ring and he pawns it, he truly is thinking, I'm just going to leave. I'm going to put it in this showcase, take 40 grand, and then I'll get it back on Friday. He truly believes that. Yeah. You know, it's unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, it's, 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 it's oh. unbelievable, but 100% believable. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, and it's fascinating as well because the entire time through the film, I actually didn't know how much, I, I was trying to keep keep on top of it, but I don't know how much he actually owed Eric Bogosian's character. I mean, it, it always seemed to be a, a sort of nebulous figure, like, you know? Yeah, was, well, he says in the beginning, he says a uh, hundred grand. Over, yeah, like it's a little bit over a hundred grand that he owes him. And the thing about Howard is he doesn't just want to pay somebody back. He wants to pay them back and then get more because that's, it's always, he always wants more. Yeah. And, and like, he always wants to get higher. You, we, there was another point as well, actually, that I, I thought about, and I just, because I really do love Eric Bogosian, but 
the way that he kind of played it, it, it almost, it kind of struck me that he didn't really kind of give a shit about the money necessarily. It was almost the fact that Harold was uh, insulting him by, by what he was doing, you know, that sort of way, that he didn't really care about the money. And even in that bit when he was in the vestibule, when he won, when Harold won, he was almost kind of happy for him. He was like, oh, I'm, I'm, you know that kind of way? Was, was that the intent? Of course, yes, that's 100% the intent. Because when Howard is going after Arno, he's, it's more, I'm, Arno's thinking, this guy really thinks he's better than me. And so it's all about posturing. And he, he's doing, he wants the money back, but he also wants to let Howard know you can't do that. You know, you can't just put, shove that in my face. And so, and then basically what you're looking at is you're looking at a scenario where Arnold's like, he's putting his foot down, but he doesn't realize that like things can get out of hand. You know, he gets people involved just to prove to show to Howard, look, you can't fuck me over. You know, this isn't going to stand. And yes, it's, it isn't about the money because he's, how long has Howard owed him that money? You know, he's owed it for him a long time. He's kept shoving him over, kept pushing him aside. But Arno definitely doesn't, when he sees Howard, he's like, oh my God, he did it. You know, he is happy for him. And it's, it's just, it's, it's an amazement. He has the ability to be amazed by Howard too, because it is, things are, things are complicated. I made a crazy risk to gamble. And it's about to pay off. So I want the Celtics to cover. I want the Celtics halftime. I want Garnett points and rebounds. What do you know? I don't know. I just know. Well, I'll tell you what I know. It's the dumbest fucking bet I ever heard of. I disagree.